Nolan Investigations. I run that Boston-based detective agency that my dad started many years ago. Now that dad is retired, it's up to me and my mom Gladys to keep this place in the black. I've seen a lot of strange things in my time here, and I never know what the next knock on the office door is going to bring. I'm Jim Nolan, Private Eye. Misfits Audio presents episode 21 of Jim Nolan, Private Eye, The Wise Man. It is the holiday season, and, as is their custom, the Nolan family has gathered at the Golden Acres Retirement Home to help serve the special and much-anticipated Christmas lunch to the home's residents. Jim and Gladys have just entered the building and are removing their winter coats as the home's director, Madeline Scott, approaches them. Good morning, Nolans. Thank you for coming. Good morning. We wouldn't miss it. Is it snowing yet? No, just cold. But it sure looks like it wants to snow. A white Christmas. You can't beat that. I'm sorry, Madeline, but Albert is sick and won't be able to help serve today. Oh, nothing serious, I hope. No, it's just a bad cold, but you know what babies men are when they're sick. Oh, do I ever. Hey! Present company excluded, of course. Thanks. I'll go straight home when we're done here to make sure he eats his chicken soup and pushes his fluids. He asked me to extend his apologies to you. Oh, please, give him my best for speedy recovery. I'll do that. Everything's set up in the cafeteria. The residents have been so looking forward to this lunch. So have we. We have all the holiday trimmings, of course. The entree choices this year are oven-roasted turkey with a maple glaze or spiral-sliced honey-basted ham. You're making me hungry. Uh, Anything makes you hungry. I'm a growing boy. Jim, I hate to break this to you, but you're not going to get any taller. You stopped growing when you were 18. Then I guess I'm just a healthy boy. Oh, you're both welcome to a plate of your own. Great. Madeline, we'll freshen up and then we'll head right over to the cafeteria. We'll meet you there. So, just like last year. Uh, that's right. All the side dishes are here. Squash, mashed potatoes, peas, etc. The drinks are on that table in the corner. Charlie's in the back cutting up the hams and the turkeys. Well, he'll be making regular trips up here, so you should have whatever entrees you need. If you run out, just give him a holler. Will do. I suggest you get your aprons on. We'll be letting everyone inside in just a few minutes. Ham, sir? Okay. Here you are. Thank you so much. And here are the side dishes, ma'am. What would you like? How many of these may I have? As many as you want. Well, then, I'll take all of them. (laughs) No sense watching my weight at my age. (laughs) Coming right up. 
Excuse me, young man, but you're a private detective, right? A moment, please. There you are. Enjoy. Merry Christmas. And a Merry Christmas to you. I'm sorry, what were you asking? You're a private detective, aren't you? Yes, my name's Jim Nolan, Mrs... Oh, I'm sorry. Where are my manners? I'm Adelaide Brady. Good to meet you, Mrs. Brady. Adelaide, please. My husband died almost a decade ago. My condolences. Why did you ask if I'm a private detective? Because I need your help. Why is that? Mr. Randall has disappeared. Disappeared? On the day of the big Christmas lunch? We'll learn more about the missing Herbert Randall and the others at Golden Acres when we continue with Misfits Audio's latest Jim Nolan Private Eye Mystery, The Wise Man. Disappeared? That's right. Couldn't he have just stepped out? Not today, of all days. He was so looking forward to this lunch. It's all he's been talking about for the past two weeks. Maybe he's just running a little late. Herbert Randall is never late for anything. He's the most punctual person I know. Is it possible we could chat in the sunroom? I suppose. Why is that? Some of the old biddy. Some of the ladies here. Especially Lillian Pierce. Our real chatty Cathy's. They'd like nothing better than to jabber about this all day. Mom, is that okay with you? Certainly, Jim. I'll finish up here and I'll find you when I'm done. You said Mr. Randall wouldn't have stepped out for a bit? No. Not Herbert. If you'll forgive me, it sounds like you have a little thing for him. <laughs> Perhaps I do. Keep it under your hat. My lips are sealed. He, he does remind me a little of my husband. However, I'm worried about him because he's such a nice man. One of the nicest people I've met in all my years. And that's a long time. When was the last time you saw him? Last night. Some of us gathered right here to chat about the old days. So you haven't seen him today? No. Has anyone? I don't know. I haven't shared my concerns with anybody. Not even Mrs. Scott? No. That poor woman has been on edge lately. Don't tell anyone I told you. But... I think she's having troubles at home. I didn't want to intrude on her time. Not to say that your time isn't valuable, Mr. Nolan. It's Jim, and no offense taken. Could you talk with her? She's the first person I plan on seeing. Thank you. Could Mr. Randall have driven somewhere? No, he doesn't have a car. 
Also, the Department of Motor Vehicles saw to it that he lost his license last year. His vision isn't what it should be. I'll go speak with Mrs. Scott. We'll find him. Jim? I, uh, I'm afraid that, uh, with my limited income, I, I, I can't, can't afford... That's all right. No, it isn't. This is how you make your living. Believe me, If you were, oh, a plumber, I wouldn't ask you to fix some leaky pipes for free, since you just happen to be here. Don't worry about it, really. You're very kind, but... I know what I can do. If Mrs. Scott will give me access to the kitchen. What's that? I make what one of my grandsons calls a mean apple pie. Would you accept that as payment for finding Herbert? That's very kind of you, but please don't put yourself out. It's no trouble at all if I can use the kitchen. The secret's in the apple peels. I leave them on. It makes for a wonderful combination of flavors. What with the cinnamon and a few other secret ingredients that I slip in. <laughs> You've got a deal. My mouth is watering already. Uh, who told you about Mr. Randall, Jim? I'd rather not say. <laughs> it was Adelaide Brady, wasn't it? Well... She's got a crush on him. I think he might have feelings for her, too. It's very sweet. Ah, here's his file. Herbert Thomas Randall. He's been here at Golden Acres for nearly three years. Is that a current picture? Yes. We update them every year. I think that was taken in July. May I borrow it? Uh, certainly, but please be sure to return it. It's our only copy. I will. Was Mr. Randall ever married? Oh, let me see what's... Ah, not according to this. Never married, no kids. Did he seem happy here? Mm, from what I could see. I'd like to check out his room later. Uh, not a problem. Uh, I have two of my men combing the building for Mr. Randall. If they don't find him, they'll look outside. There's a fence around the place, isn't there? That's right. Chain link. It goes all around the building except for the access road to the guard shack. What's beyond the fence? Mm, wetlands, mainly. You don't think... Oh, I doubt it. Mr. Randall is 89 years old and has a weak right leg from an injury sustained during his military service. He's not going to be climbing any fences. Is Mr. Randall... I don't really know how to ask this. Just say it. Is he... all right? In his head, I mean. Uh, sharp as a tack. Not even a hint of some of the mental problems that often come with age. Excuse me. Mrs. Scott? Uh, Ma'am, it's Jerry. Yes, Jerry. Did you find him? No, we didn't. Dave and I looked all over the place. All right. Um, I want you two to look outside now. Outside? Is there a problem? It's only that it's damn cold out there. Oh, 
So put on your coat. Yes, Mrs. Scott. Report to me when you're done. Excuse me a minute, please. I have to call Tom Harris at the guard shack. Security, Harris. Uh, Tom, is Mrs. Scott? Yes, boss. What's up? We have a missing resident, and I was wondering if you've seen him. Who is it? Herbert Randall. No, he ain't come by here. Um, if you do see him, call me right away. Will do. Well, that's about all we can do. Ah, Mrs. Delaney, so good to see you. I wish I could say the same. Where is my brother Herbert? We're, we're not sure right now. I beg your pardon? We're looking for him. I have every available employee searching... You haven't found him? Well, not yet, but we will. You had better contact the authorities. I hardly think that's necessary. Really? And who are you? I'm fine, thanks. Who are you? Such insolence. It's the season of giving. Uh, this is Jim Nolan, Estelle. One of your employees? Uh, no, uh, he's a private investigator. A private... So you've already hired someone to look after the home's welfare. I'm surprised at you, Madeline, putting business first. No one's hired me, Mrs. Delaney. I was here helping serve the Christmas lunch when news came of your brother's absence. I'm helping to find him. I see. Why are you here, Estelle? Herbert invited my husband and me for lunch. I was so looking forward to seeing him again. Hmm. What's it been since you saw him last? A year? My Donald is very busy at his office. It's difficult to find the time to visit Herbert. I'm sure it is. Why would Herbert invite us and then not be here when we arrived? I'm not sure. Everything's cleaned up, Jim. Adelaide told me you were here. And who is this? Well, I never... This is my mother. Mom, this is Mr. Randall's sister, Estelle. Pleased to meet you. Charmed. Um, excuse me. Jim, what's the latest? I'll tell you in a bit. Mrs. Scott. There's no sign of Mr. Randall outside, ma'am. Nothing at all? Oh, boy. Not so much as a footprint. Is there any other place you want us to look? No. You two come inside now. Did I hear you correctly? There's no trace of Herbert? I'm afraid not. Mrs. Scott, I will have you and this entire organization brought up on charges. Now, wait a minute. We're doing the best we can do... There's a certain expectation of safety that's anticipated when you move a loved one into a place like this. You violated that trust. Now, see here... Gladys, please. No, Madeline, I must speak. I've been listening all this time, and I can't hold my tongue any longer. How dare you? This is no concern of... Why don't you close that pie hole of yours for a moment? You might learn something. Get up, Mom. I never. I visited a lot of retirement homes over my lifetime. This is one of the best. Thank you. No one is a prisoner here. They can come and go as they please. Every possible precaution is taken for their safety. Then why is my brother missing? Oh, we'll find him. You can bank on it. Estelle, why don't you and your husband... Where is Donald, by the way? He's in the lobby, going over some reports. Why don't the two of you come have some lunch? 
without Herbert. If he told you he'd be here, I'm sure he can't be far. Oh, I am rather hungry. Oh, very well. I'll get Donald. A pleasure to meet you both. Likewise, I'm sure. This is his room. It's a little small, isn't it? It's a standard size accommodation. No problem. Less space to search. Do you really think the answer to Mr. Randall's disappearance could be in here? Maybe. It's a good starting. Will you look at this? Plastic two foot high Christmas tree, complete with lights and ornaments. Batteries included. Mr. Randall must have bought this, but I don't see it anywhere. Could he have purchased it as a gift? And leave the box here? Could it be somewhere else in the home? We have our own Christmas decorations. We don't need any additional pieces. And I certainly wouldn't want the residents spending their money on such things. Maybe he gave it to Adelaide Brady. But then wouldn't the box be in her room? Yeah, you're right. Well, if the tree isn't in the building, he must have taken it with him. Wherever he went. Well, that's a good sign. Why? He bought that little tree for someone. He must have planned on being away from here. He hasn't just wandered off. But why leave the box then? Wouldn't he want to wrap it as a gift? Good point. It looks like he went somewhere intentionally after skipping the Christmas lunch. Even after inviting his sister and her husband? I know I wouldn't want to spend any more time than necessary with that woman. Jim, what do you have there? A notepad. A anything written on it? No, but Mr. Randall does have a heavy hand. I can just see a trace of what he wrote on the previous page. Can you make it out? Uh, nah, I'm afraid not. Try holding it up to the light. No, it's still too faint. Madeline, would you have a pencil on you? This one here, Mom. Oh, great. Let me have it. What are you up to? Do you remember Albert's case that was written up in PI Magazine as the faint copy? I think so. Oh, what does that have to do with... Albert was able to read the impression of a note by rubbing a pencil against the next sheet of paper. Can you make it out? Uh, what does it say? I can read it, but I'm not sure what it means. Jim? Eloise. Who's she? I have no idea. His wife? No, he never married. Is there an Eloise here? N no. No one with that name. It says... Eloise STJ11. No idea what that means. Could the tree be for Eloise, whomever she is? Mrs. Scott, you have a call on line two. Mrs. Scott, line two. Uh, Janet, this is Mrs. Scott. I'm in Mr. Randall's room. Could you switch the call down here, please? Uh, thanks. Hello, this is Mrs. Scott. May I help you? Boss, this is Tom at the Gert Shack. 
Yes, Tom? I need to talk to you. Something funny is going on here. What's the problem? It's Mr. O'Hara. He just came back to the home. I know. I saw him coming up the drive. But he came back in the front passenger seat of his daughter's car. So? He left this morning in his blue Buick. Where's his car? Are you sure of this? Absolutely. I checked my log. I waved him by the guard shack at 10.20 this morning. In his own car. Mr. O'Hara, may I present Jim and Gladys Nolan? <laughs> Pleased to meet you. Likewise. They're private detectives. Is there a problem? That's what we're hoping you can help us with. Sure. Whatever I can do. You got back to Golden Acres only a few minutes ago. Uh, that's right. Was that your daughter's car? Uh-huh. Where did you go? My granddaughter's ballet recital. You know how hard school-age girls work on those things? <laughs> I couldn't miss it, and she was thrilled to see me in the audience. Ah, sorry to have missed lunch. Uh, is there anything left over? I'll get you something later. <laughs> Great. They only had these little sandwiches there. I'm starving. Mr. O'Hara, didn't you leave in your own car this morning? No. But Mary came and got me. We left here around, um, ten o'clock. But you'd have to go past the guard shack. It's the only way out of here. Well, we did go that way. I didn't see you. We didn't see you either. We paused for a bit, looked around, and we figured we better get to the recital. You were away from your post, Tom? Maybe just for a minute, to visit the John. But I know I saw your car around 10.20, Mr. O'Hara. <laughs> well, you probably did. I let Herb Randall use it. You did what? But it was you behind the wheel. <laughs> Not me. I had already left. Tom, look at this photo. Is this who you saw driving? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. You think so? You mistook Mr. Randall from Mr. O'Hara? Well... Look at him. What's that supposed to mean? White hair and big glasses. They kind of look alike. Not really. But, Mrs. Scott... We'll I... talk more about this later. Mr. O'Hara, you loaned your car to Mr. Randall? That's right. Why? He needed it. I knew I had the recital to attend, so I called my daughter. She said she'd come and get me so Herb could use the car. He said he'd have it back tonight. Did he say where he was going? St. Joseph's Church. Uh, I think it's in Malden. For what reason? He didn't say. Jim, the note. STJ. St. Joseph's? And maybe the 11 is a time. 11 a.m.? If he left here at 10.20, that would make sense. Mr. O'Hara, does the name Eloise mean anything to you? Uh, 
Isn't she the lady with the newspaper column on household hints? That's Heloise. Oh. Well, then, who's Heloise? We're not sure. Could it be someone he's meeting at the church? It's possible. Mr. O'Hara, do you know that Mr. Randall's driver's license was taken from him last year? Oh, that's a load of crap. I know more guys that have had that happen. It's for their own safety. No, Mr. Nolan. It's to sweep them under the rug. You take away a man's driver's license, you take away his independence. So he has to stay all cooped up in a place like this. It's just another way that society's trying to get rid of us old-timers so these young pups can take over everything. It ain't fair, I tell ya. It ain't fair! This is Father Houlihan. How may I help you? Thanks for your time, Father. You're welcome. I understand this concerns Herb Randall? It does. Have you seen him today? I saw him at the 11 o'clock Mass. Does he attend that service often? Oh, no. I haven't seen him here at St. Joseph's in some time. Why did he attend today? I celebrated the Mass in honor of someone he once knew. Eloise. Yes, that was the name. Who was she? I'm afraid I have no idea. A few months ago, Herb, a good friend of my father, called me about a memorial mass in December. Well, I looked in the appointment book, and we were full up. I told him I could do one in January, but not in December. What happened? Well, another parishioner canceled her booking unexpectedly. I called Herb and told him that I could celebrate the mass today. Uh, he accepted. When did you call him? It was on uh, Wednesday, I believe. As an old friend of the family, I didn't want him to miss the opportunity. So you don't know who Eloise was? I do not. I'd like to know who I'm celebrating a memorial mass for, but Herb didn't want to say. In his case, I made an exception. Did Mr. Randall seem... well when he was at church? Well, uh, as well as a man of his years can be. Father, I'd really like to find him. Do you know where he might have gone? He mentioned having a few errands to run, and then stopping at St. Francis. Is that another church? No, it's a cemetery down the street from here. Thank you, Father. You've been very helpful. It was my pleasure. Eloise, whoever she is, is dead. Father Houlihan held a memorial mass for her today, and it looks like she's buried at St. Francis Cemetery. I'd better head out there. Jim, do you really need to do that? What are you talking about? Mr. Randall has obviously gone to great lengths to make this day happen for Eloise. Borrowing the car, scheduling and attending the memorial mass. Those can't be easy things for a man of his age. And? It looks pretty certain to me that no crime has been committed. Do you really want to barge in on Mr. Randall during his grief? I won't barge. But wouldn't you feel easier knowing he's safe? I know I would. Me too. <sighs> I suppose you're right. Do you want to come with me, Mom? No, I'd better be getting back to your father and his sickbed. Give him my best. I will. And Jim? Yes? Go easy on Mr. Randall. He's likely having a rough day. Under gray skies that were aching to snow, I drove out to the cemetery. 
It was, as Father Houlihan had said, just down the street from the church. It didn't take long to spot Mr. O'Hara's blue Buick pulled over near a cluster of headstones. A light snow started to fall as I talked my car and got out. I glanced around for Mr. Randall. After a minute or so, I spotted him. He was kneeling down in front of a headstone, pushing the little plastic Christmas tree into the turned earth. Beside the tree was a small pink teddy bear. I approached slowly, not wanting to alarm him. Excuse me, Mr. Randall. Yeah, that would be me. As the old saying goes, uh, you have me at a disadvantage, sir. My name's Jim Nolan. Nolan? Uh, why does that sound familiar? My parents and I helped serve the Christmas lunch at Golden Acres. Oh, yes, yes, of course. So, uh, Jim Nolan, uh, how are your legs? Excuse me? Your legs... How are they? They're fine. Why? Because mine aren't. <laughs> Help an old man up, would you? Certainly. <clears throat> ah, that's better. What do you think of the old headstone? Looks nice, huh? It needed some tending. Eloise Randall. Your daughter? Yeah, yeah, that she was. I heard you never married. I never did. I planned to. <laughs> Do you want to hear about it? I, I don't want to pry. You wouldn't be prying. I've kept this a secret all these years. <laughs> Someone else should know. Then I'll be happy to listen. Yeah, the stone does look nice. A baby should have a Christmas tree. And the teddy bear's a nice touch. It sure is. Eh, let's have a seat and chat. My car's right. Nonsense. I've lived in New England all my life. <laughs> a little snow doesn't bother me. There's a bench right there. But my car will be warmer. I don't care about being warm. Sure is pretty out here with the snow. Takes me back to... Well, let's have a seat. Mr. Randall and I walked to a nearby bench. I brushed a little bit of accumulated snow off of it with one of my gloves, and we sat down. As we talked, I couldn't tell if there was an occasional tear running down his cheek, or if it was merely a melting snowflake on its way to the ground. A long time ago, well before you were born, I met a lovely woman named Cicely Johnson. She was everything I had ever hoped for. It was as though God had taken my order and brought her into my life. We each fell for the other like a ton of bricks. <laughs> we were going to get married. And then... Uh... Eloise. That's right. For as much as such a thing is frowned upon today, it was unheard of back then. Her parents never liked me, and this didn't help things. They tried to get Cicely to break it off with me, but she wouldn't. She tried to explain to them that she was equally responsible, but they wouldn't hear of it. Despite their disapproval, we went on planning our wedding. 
Maybe it was the stress of everything, or maybe the baby was never meant to be. But Eloise soon decided it was time to be born. Too early? Months too early. He was stillborn. And Cicely? She... She died in the delivery room. The doctors couldn't save her. My God. I'm so sorry. You know, I really believe you are. I wouldn't say it if I wasn't. Cecily's parents swooped in like vultures and took her body. To this day, I don't know where she is buried. They wouldn't tell you? No. I called and called. One time, when I visited their house to demand the information, they had me arrested for trespassing. Eventually, they moved. I don't know where. But they left you with Eloise. Right. They wanted nothing to do with her. Their own granddaughter. I had Eloise buried here and kept her existence a secret from everyone. My parents were long dead back then. You and I are the only ones alive who know the story. Not even your sister. You've met Estelle? At Golden Acres. What was she doing there? She said that you invited her and her husband for the Christmas lunch. Oh God, I did do that, didn't I? I entirely forgot. I'm sure she'll understand. No, I don't much care if she does. It'll give her something to talk about. Ever since we were kids, she could talk a buzzard off a gut wagon. <laughs> she lives to gossip. I know the type. Are you here to arrest me? Me? Why would I do that? I drove out here without a license. I won't tell anyone if you don't. Besides, I'm just a private eye. I don't have that authority. How did you find me? It's a long story. I'm here because Mrs. Scott, Adelaide Brady, my mom and me, among others, were worried about you. Well, that's nice. I, I planned on attending the lunch. I really did. But when Father Houlihan told me about the cancellation that would let Eloise have her memorial mass, well, I, I just had to take it. Of course you did. There was a bell choir concert after the mass. Very nice. Very yuletide. I promised Vern O'Hara that I'd have his car back before nightfall. He was nice enough to lend it to me. Then we'd better get going. Do you want to come with me? B but Vern's car. I can arrange to have it brought back to Golden Acres. Oh, I, I can drive. You sure? My eyesight isn't that bad. The stone sure does look nice. Wasn't easy digging a hole to put in the tree, what with the weather we've been having. I would think not. I just want to take it all in before we leave. I haven't gotten out here as much as I should. For some years, I, I just couldn't bear it. But everything fell together this year, which is a good thing. I'll tell you what. Next year, if you want to come back, you tell me. I'll drive you. Any day you like. Well, that's very kind of you, but it won't be necessary. Why not? There, uh... Won't be a memorial mass next year. Are you moving? No. I'm dying. What? Inoperable cancer. My doctor says I should make it to April. And that's it. Oh my god. Maybe you could come back on your own next year. Just to make sure everything looks shipshape. Certainly. Could um, you bring some flowers? I'll, I'll do that. Cecily loved tulips. Are they in season now? I, I don't know. If not, 
anything colorful. Something to brighten up this gray time of year. Mr. Randall, I, I, I don't know what to... Yeah, next Christmas is gonna be great. But you'll be gone. Right, but it'll be the first Christmas I get to, I get to spend with my girls. Starring our regular cast, Russell Gold as Jim Nolan, Kim Giannopoulos as Gladys Nolan, and Katie Dainert as the narrator. Guests starring in this episode were Sandy Brownlee as Madeline Scott, D.T. Kelly as the old man, Erica Reisberg as the old woman, Laura Bednarski as Adelaide Brady, Zach Miller as Jerry, Daniel Krempa as Tom Harris, Melissa Exelberth as Estelle Delaney, Trisha Groves as Janet, Denny Brownlee as Vern O'Hara, Glenn Haskell as Father Houlihan, and Joe Stofko as Herbert Randall. Jim Nolan, Private Eye, was created by Mike Murphy and Arlene Osborne. The script was written by Mike Murphy. The Jim Nolan, Private Eye theme was composed and performed by Vivian Dosko. Please hear more of her wonderful music at myspace.com slash Vivian Dosko. Christmas Fantasy was composed and performed by John Carl Taub. It is copyright 2013 and is used with his permission. To hear more of his music, please visit his website at johnnytoth.wix.com slash music. Producer, Captain John Tadrzak. Assistant producer, Mike Murphy. Mixer, John Specht. Script editor, Arlene Osborne. Art director, Alexa Chipman. All the characters portrayed herein are fictitious. Any resemblance to actual people, living or dead, is purely coincidental. This is an original production by Misfits Audio, copyright 2013. All rights reserved. This is your narrator, Katie Daynert, wishing all of you a Merry Christmas and the happiest of holiday seasons from everyone at Misfits Audio. Thank you.